WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning, Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. The apparent assassination of a high-profile Saudi dissident journalist at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey, reportedly at the hands of a Saudi hit squad, is becoming a bigger and bigger international incident. And critics say President Trump has appeared to be indifferent. Not only that, that the president has encouraged the Saudi crown prince to believe uh, that he could uh, order such actions with relative impunity. At least uh, that's the uh, narrative now. Bring in military historian Brian M. Downing has his Downing reports, author of several historical books. And uh, Brian, uh, what to you is the bigger picture on this? Uh, the big picture is a growing lack of lawless, lawlessness among uh, international leaders. We've seen this with Putin and the assassinations in Britain and possibly elsewhere, and now we're seeing it there. We're also seeing it in Pakistan, where several journalists, maybe more than a few dozen, have been killed over the years. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess in this case we would uh, believe what the Turks uh, are saying about this? Uh, I would believe some of it. Uh, the Turks are certainly uh, have their own agenda. They're very hostile to the Saudis. They resent the uh, spread of Saudi influence throughout the region, and they want to spread their own. Uh, but we do know that Khashoggi disappeared shortly after going into the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. The rest of the stories about his being murdered and dismembered, well, I don't know about those. They seem a bit lurid. Uh, possible, but we don't really know for sure. Uh, the Saudi media are using the expression, believe it or not, fake news for this. They're saying that this is all concocted by their enemies in Turkey and in uh, Qatar. And they're saying that this 15-man hit squad was actually a security team that they only recently sent over to investigate the thing. So we're getting a lot of spin from uh out of Riyadh, the Saudi capital. Well, well, since you use the term fake news, of course, attributable to President Trump, uh, then-candidate uh, Donald Trump, let me read uh, from the beginning of a Washington Post editorial. And, of course, the, this uh, Saudi dissident journalist uh, was a columnist for the Washington Post. Yeah. Quote, two years ago, it would have been inconceivable that the rulers of Saudi Arabia, a close U.S. ally, would be suspected of abducting or killing a critic who lived in Washington and regularly wrote for the Post, or that they would dare to stage such an operation in Turkey, another U.S. ally and a NATO member. But the regime now stands accused by Turkish government's sources of murdering Jamal Khashoggi, one of the foremost Saudi journalists in the kingdom's Istanbul consulate, could be attributable in part to the rise of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, the kingdom's 33-year-old de facto ruler, who has proved as reckless as he is ambitious. Do you agree with the thrust of that, that this would have been much less likely to have occurred two years ago? Yes, much less likely. I do ascribe it to the young prince who feels a sense of omnipotence and destiny, and he is crushing opposition inside his country, and it looks like he's striking outside of his country. Well, what about to President Trump, who has cozied up to the Saudis more than any other American president and seemingly has signaled uh, the U.S. will no longer care about uh, in internal situations in in countries. We won't care about human rights. Well, I'm afraid that's the case, but I would quickly add that uh, I think any president, regardless of his or her 
position on the political spectrum wants to throw away tens of billions of arms contracts to uh, the Saudi military. It's just too much money to spread out across the American uh, geographical landscape. You cannot ignore that, and you, you really have to be very careful about this. President Trump is being very careful, and I have no doubt that President Obama would have done the same, and um, President Clinton, too. What about the notion that uh, it's uh, the Israelis, the Netanyahu government, in something that might have been inconceivable 25 years ago, uh, kind of cozying up to the Saudis vis-a-vis uh, Iran, and that's part of the, of the story here? Uh, I think it is. I think uh, the Saudi Arabia has become the linchpin of American and Israeli foreign policy in the region uh, of opposing Iran and, frankly, trying to cripple Iran again. That A lot of that goes back to the previous administration, too. The United States was helping the Saudis in Yemen with uh, weaponry and intelligence. Uh, you didn't hear much criticism of the human rights issues back then. Well, final point. I, I do remember... There were some in the U.S. government, if you want to say the deep state. I remember uh, late General Bill Odom, uh, head of the National Security Agency of the United States of America, with whom I used to talk off the air many times. And uh, he seemed to be pro-Iranian, or at least uh, seemed to be that in terms of big power, long-term interests, if you could get past uh, the Islamic regime, that there, there was uh, actually a compatibility of interest between the U.S. and Iran. And he kind of decried how there were so many elements in Washington uh, that were bent on uh, fighting Iran. Well, there's not much I like about Iran except their rugs, but I do uh, agree that uh, we do have certain uh, parallel interests in fighting al-Qaeda and ISIL and Back in the old days of the Shah, the United States had what was called a twin pillars policy of balancing off Saudi Arabia and Iran and keeping those tensions uh, in check. And uh, we should have more of that today, I think. Leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us, Brian M. Downing. Thank you. And Brian M. Downing, you can look him up at uh, Downing Reports. Uh, joined us live from Bethesda, Maryland.